Hello, everyone, and welcome to Thrifters Villa, a podcast for resellers and entrepreneurs. I'm Daniela. And I'm Jen. And today we have a very special guest with us. And her name is Lisa Yokin. Lisa is a very talented fashion photographer and one of the founders of the Gem app. So Gem is a search engine where you can find vintage products on other marketplaces such as eBay, Etsy, Farfetch, Fashion File, The Real Real, everywhere, guys. So many more places. <laughs> we are so excited to get to know Lisa and to learn more about Gem's search engine. So pull up a chair and we'll see you at the table. First of all, Lisa, thank you so much for being here, for taking time out of your day. I'm glad we were finally able to get this to work. Christmas time was crazy and we had to keep rescheduling on you. So I'm so sorry. And then we both got sick. So thank you for being accommodating with us. Of course. I mean, it's an honor to be your guest today. I'm so happy to meet you finally. I know. This is so exciting. We're so, so excited. excited. Thank you um, so much for being on here Yeah, today. Jen and I are fangirling a little bit. We're not going to lie. <laughs> Sorry. We absolutely are. Everything about like Jem and just your Instagram, it's just so beautifully curated. And we're so excited to just dive in deep and to talk to you all about it. Yeah. So Lisa, um, we're going to open the floor up to you. And why don't you tell our audience a little bit about yourself, how you kind of got into these platforms and the photography and gem and how just how everything kind of came together for you. I know it's a lot, right? <laughs> okay. I will tell you a short version and maybe you can uh, fill in with more questions as we go. Okay. <laughs> so yes, my, my name is Lisa. Uh, I'm originally from Finland because you can probably hear an accent and you might be wondering right. where, where my weird name comes from and where does the accent come from. And... <laughs> comes from Finland, guys. Comes from Finland. It's beautiful. We love your accent. <laughs> oh, thank you. And yes, I am the founder or the co-founder, either way works, uh, of the Gem app. Gem is a search engine for all online vintage, and I founded it together with, together with my husband. And besides Gem, I also sometimes work as a street style photographer, which I started already 2005 so that is a long time ago and my first page is called Hellux referring to Helsinki my uh, then hometown in Finland and the capital of Finland and then seven years ago together with my husband we moved first to San Francisco and there I launched SFLux another street style page and then we finally ended up in New York, which is our current home city. Uh, and now my New York page is, of, of course, it's called NYC Looks. It's always looks something. <laughs> I yeah, love, that I love it. And guys, we're going to link all this stuff in the show notes. You can follow all of these pages. Um, I follow them and I love looking at all the different looks. And love seeing to the go... Styles. To go back, let, let's let's start with Gem first. So what came first, Gem or the photography for you? The photography came first, uh, 2005. So that happened like before the Instagram. Uh, <laughs> before all the social media. Before social media. Right? <laughs> yeah, before the selfies. So, and the way it started was that uh, I guess I've always been like super interested in like people's clothes. And why are you wearing something that you are wearing? And what's the story behind your outfit? And what are people trying to tell with their clothing choices? And I find it endlessly fascinating. And then just one weekend, we happened to visiting uh, Stockholm, which is the capital of Sweden, our dear neighbor. And 
I was watching people there and thinking that, oh my God, like uh, Swedes are always so stylish. And I was wondering like, uh, kind of like, I was kind of mad at myself. Why didn't I take my camera with me? Because I was thinking I should start taking pictures of these super stylish Swedes. But then came the second day in Stockholm and I realized that actually it's Finland that I should be documenting because uh, at that point, at that time, uh, there were some really unique street styles you could spot in Helsinki. And I had been like admiring young kids in the streets of Helsinki the whole summer. Uh, yeah. One thing that I should probably mention were like little kids who were like into clam rock and they were wearing like a lot of makeup, big hairdos with a lot of hairspray, scarves around like their uh, necks and arms and legs, oh, wow. animal prints, and mostly they were wearing secondhand. So, and I think that's a big element in my photos. Most of the people that I photograph, they are wearing vintage or secondhand. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And as soon as uh, I got back to Helsinki, uh, I grabbed my camera and I, then I just started taking street style photos. I love that. That is so exciting. I mean, it's true, right? We go to all these really amazing places, even just like down the street, right? And you just see people who have this like sense of like style and like the sense of confidence and what they're wearing and how, what they pull together and why. So that's really uh, interesting that you thought, I need to photograph this, you know, because mm -hmm. it's literally like art that you're seeing, right? Walking down the street. So I do have a question though. How do you ask people like, do you just go approach them, go up to them? I am curious about that process. Well, I can tell you that in the beginning, it was so difficult and hard. <laughs> and I, I was like super scared, of course. It's not easy to approach someone that you know, don't know about industry because you don't know how they're going to react. But it's been, you know, the more you do something, the easier it gets. And now I'm like, I'm not afraid at all. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, so, but I would usually start by complimenting people's outfits especially if there is something that I really love, like maybe it's a pair of shoes or it, maybe it's just the whole combination. And then I just, in a kind way, try to ask that if I could take their photo and most people are happy and, you know, they, they say yes. And then I just take the photo. But in the beginning, it was so hard because uh, for the first, like when I was taking the first photos, uh, of course, we didn't have any website yet because I just took my camera out and wanted to yeah. take photos. I, I didn't have a clear plan what I was going to do with my pictures and I didn't have a name for the website and selfies didn't exist and people were not used to being their photo taken it's, it's it was kind of like different a different world <laughs> it was, what we was but you were an now. innovator in that world I mean you Absolutely. kind of started that and, you know this makes me think of now we see it all the time on Instagram or on TikTok or whatnot there's these reels of people and they just go up to random people all the time and say hey can I take a video of you can I take a photo of you and you know and they kind of do very similar things right. to what you're doing um but you were kind of like the founder of that when you think mm -hmm. about it you're doing it like back a, tra in a trailblazer <laughs> really Definitely. yeah and you know I I think it's it's interesting because your sense of style is so unique as well and I'm curious did that develop as you were taking these photos or were you always confident in your style and what it is that you were wearing or has it evolved over time as as you've been interacting with these people well, I guess I was not too confident when I was a teenager, but yeah, I've been always <laughs> like very true. Who is? Yeah. We're probably but, not friends with those people. 
really confident singers. <laughs> but anyways, I've always loved clothes and I've uh, been interested in like creating my outfits, you know, ever since I, I was a little kid. And I actually loved wearing thrifted clothes, even as, as a baby. Like, <laughs> And I started thrifting when I was a teenager. So that's definitely been like a huge part of my life. Mm-hmm. And I, and if I don't get to dress up, I I really start to feel like kind of like down. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, so I guess I've had like so many faces in my personal style, but I would say the biggest uh, thing that has affected my personal style is probably moving to New York because in New York, you can totally wear whatever you want to. And, uh, your brain needs support and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. People don't stare at you. It's the opposite. They compliment you. And that has really kind of like freed me in a way in a, in a totally next level and like the more colors and patterns and craziness uh the better it is for me so I I don't feel like any limits anymore and I'm like super happy about it I it love makes, that yeah. I New love York that. is hear. like something mm-hmm. else it really is just walking the streets in New York you, it's it's a liberating feeling no matter how crazy it is there mm-hmm. you can just be yourself in New York City it doesn't matter what you like, what you don't like, you know, you can be yourself. Mm-hmm. And um, I just, you know, I, when I look at your New York looks page, mm-hmm. right. And I see all of these things that you post and just how happy each person is. And that happiness is what you capture in each photo. Like that to me is what I wish everyone would feel every single day, including myself when I dress in certain things, you know, like that's those emotions that you're capturing is what I want everyone to feel all the time. And you're so good at getting that. You're just, Absolutely. it's oh just, it's God. a talent. <laughs> you are, you no, are. it's true. It's true because even your photos, like I'm just, I'm looking through, through your feed right now. And just like, even just the captions of what you say with people, you know what I mean? It's not just about, oh, I'm wearing this from this brand and this from this brand. It's like, there's stories behind it. And you're really interested in capturing that. And there's so much emotion and passion behind it, you know? And I I don't think that people realize sometimes that clothing really can bring that out in a lot of people. And it's not anything superficial or anything like that. It's like, sometimes it's our armor and that's what we want to wear for the day. That's who we want to be for the day. And so you can see that in in the photos, you can feel that, that emotion. And I just, I love that you ask people those kind of questions too, because when they talk about it, some of these individuals, you know, they talk about like, my style came from my grandmother, you know, from like, like all these like vintage things that I used to love in her home or, or anything, you know, or like from my kids or from my job and all that stuff. Like, it's really exciting to see the passion behind and where it comes from, from people. So you, we can tell you're very passionate about clothing and the looks and styles and putting things together. So naturally, of course, you, you're, you're obsessed with vintage, right? (laughs) Which I think is great because I right now the vintage market in reselling is big. I mean, it yeah. is just 
continuously growing in the reselling world. But I find that now if you take reselling out of it and you're just looking at the population as a whole, more and more of the younger generation are searching for these pieces. They're People thrifting want authentic for these stuff. People want the authentic things, right? People mm-hmm. want the vintage finds. They want them. And it's such a way, like, I, I think back to when you started in 2005, right? Think about that time then. Then it was new. Everything had to be new. Maybe you went to the outlet to get last seasons, but like it had to be designer and it had to be new and oh. Go yeah, ahead. Except not in Helsinki. If you look at my old photos from 2005, it's all secondhand. So young kids were wearing, it was just secondhand. And I feel like at some point, maybe like early, let's say 2010, 2015, maybe it, it that even changed a little bit. So people in Helsinki started to wear more new clothes because that's when we started, started to get like, more international fashion brands. There were like new new stores popping up in Helsinki. But 2005, it was like very limited, you know, but you could really get into stores. Of course, like we had like clothing store and there was fashion available, but, uh, you know, you- But not readily accessible, right? To everybody. Yes, Mm -hmm. and like no online shopping, you know, Mm -hmm. that that is of Mm -hmm. course like something that has changed everything like 100%. That's true. Because I'm thinking U.S. and in U.S. 2005, I mean, that's when I was 18. In 2005, I was 18 years old and I was going to outlets all the time and I wanted brand new, whatever it was. Like that was a big thing then. And it wasn't necessarily frowned upon to go thrifting, but it definitely wasn't talked about. But it wasn't like really it cool, now. but it wasn't really cool either. I think a lot of people right. in the United States, uh, mm-hmm. most people, when they thought of thrift stores, it was more to like find something specific, you know, that you couldn't find in the store or buying something for a costume yeah that's what a lot of people did uh, back then yep. it is nothing like that anymore at all mm-hmm. it's like the hottest place to go find your outfits now <laughs> yeah luckily that has changed uh here it for is the wonderful. good and what I what I love about this thing is that I I'm super confident and I'm sure about it that once you go drifting once you are not going to you know <laughs> Turn away. We were just reasons. talking about this, you mm. know, like trying to buy new now is no. extremely difficult. Like, unless it's a piece of furniture, or, you know, with something that I want to buy new because I've worked really hard for it. Like, you know, we just bought a brand new couch kind of thing. But like, for the most part, when it comes to myself, everything I'm buying is secondhand now because that's the market that I'm in. I'm not only selling secondhand goods, but I'm always in, in the stores. So why not pick up things for myself yeah, at that of price course. point? Yeah, and I think like uh, a huge part of the market, like mid-priced, but good quality items have disappeared, especially from the fashion market. Yep. So it's, we have the fast fashion and we know the quality and we know like the problems surrounded. Correct. And then we have the designer items. And of course, they are quite often like non-accessible. Exactly. That's a a very, very good point. I think that that's what we see mostly going bankrupt, you know, with companies closing. It's a lot of that mid-tier, that mid-range that you see. So more and more people are trying to think of different alternatives, right, on how to get that fashion that they want. So a lot of people are turning to the thrift stores. And um, I think that thrift store shopping has now really opened up the eyes to a lot more people who maybe were not sure about vintage, afraid of vintage, you know, so that's where we feel like we're seeing such a huge 
uh, resurgence, right? And like everybody wanting vintage now and like people who have never sold vintage before are now getting interested in it. I know myself, you know, I've been a thrifter my entire life and um, I was never super drawn, you know, to too much vintage with the exception of like probably the 70s because that's when my parents grew up in the 70s. So I was, you know, kind of attracted to that type of era. But now when I go, I see vintage pieces and I'm like, I love this. I want to wear this. But I never thought of myself as a vintage girl, if that makes sense. Like I wasn't cool enough (laughs) to wear vintage. I feel like people that wear vintage have a certain aesthetic to them. Right. And I think cool. (laughs) And you feel silly sometimes, you know? Yeah. So anyways, but how about you, Lisa? Have you always been into vintage yourself? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I, but if I think about my, my favorite clothes when I was a little kid, uh, they were probably like my mom's old. If I, if I know and remember correct. And I guess uh, I just always loved the softness of like worn cotton garment, like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the feeling that, you yeah. know, you get when it touches your skin and believe it or not, I was like really, really shy kid and maybe like going to school, it was just kind of like comforting to wear like my mom's old clothes to oh, school. I love that. Of I course, love like that. I was like teased about it. So, uh, you know, I was, I was really the only one wearing like old clothes, I feel at that point, but I just loved them. And I loved like the old retro aesthetics about my mom's old clothes. And also I, we got a lot of hand-me-downs from our like distant relatives and those clothes I absolutely loved too. And yeah, and as soon as I got like some of my own pocket money, I would start drifting. I love that. And also, (laughs) and also making my own clothes just to, because I wanted to have, you know, something and I had a vision and I wanted to have that item and, you know, making it or drifting it. That was the, there were like the only ways to really get it. (laughs) I grew up in a small town uh, with with only 80, uh, 80,000 people at that time. And there was basically like one cool fashion store for teenagers and, uh, you know, I didn't really get everything that I wanted as a kid, but uh, my, but my mother would, she was always happy to buy, buy like uh, yarns or fabrics for me if I wanted to sew. So I love that. So I that's, started making my own stuff. That's amazing. No, that's amazing. I, I understand that. Yeah. I grew up in a small town as well. And uh, we only had like a couple of cool you know, clothing stores, but they were so expensive, right? As, especially back then, clothing was a lot more expensive back then. And uh, we couldn't afford it. So we used to go to the thrift stores too and like find things, you know, try to repurpose things. And even now with, with my daughter, I, I love buying her vintage clothing. I put her in vintage a lot and I get so many compliments. And people are like, well, where'd you get that dress? I'm like, I don't know, the thrift store. I'm like, it's like 20 years old. <laughs> but yeah. it's just like, there's something so special about, about seeing those pieces and, and seeing them uh, living on, right? And still being worn and being appreciated. So I can relate to what you were saying, Lisa, about Mm -hmm. making your own clothes because growing up, so I'm first generation Italian American. So my family came from Italy. I'm the first one that was born here. And so we didn't have money. You know, my dad worked two jobs. My mom worked her job and my grandmother stayed home and took care of my sister and I, and my grandmother and my great aunt, which was her sister always used to sew. So when I wanted something, we would find 
pattern for it. And we would go to Michael's or Joanne's or whatever, and we would find what I wanted. And my aunt, my great aunt would make it for me. She would sit at the sewing machine and she'd measure everything out and she'd make it all for me. And those were the pieces that I treasured the most because I know how badly I wanted something that, that looked a certain way. And then she took the time and the dedication to, to make it for me. Even something as, sim- as simple as a pillow. There was a certain pillow that I really wanted at the store, but it was like, I don't know, $20, something crazy, right? For this pillow at the time. You're talking like, you know, the early nineties. And my aunt was like, I can just make it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look at it. She like measured it all out in the store. And, you know, she always had little measuring tapes with her. And, um, and then she made me one that was really similar. I still have that pillow to this day. I mean, it's all flat and I can't use it as a pillow anymore, but I still have it to this day because it just means something. It's just, it's special, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and, um, I'm always amazed with people that have that skill and talent to sew in Mm -hmm. that way. I can sew, but like, I can sew a button. I can do a hem. Like I can do little things. (laughs) I can get by. I can get by. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Like I would love to sit down in a sewing class and actually learn how to create something like that is something that I would love to pick up maybe down the line as I, you know, as, as I get a little older, because right now life doesn't allow that for me at this current moment in my life to pick up another hobby. Um, but that is something that I do want to have in my arsenal because it not only gives me memories of when I was younger and the things I used to do with my great aunt and my grandmother, but it's also something that I can then pass down to my own children someday and grandchildren and and kind of keep that momentum of it alive. You know, it's just, I love hearing all these stories. It brings up all these other things in my head of things that we all go through. We just, when you're young, I guess you don't think that other people are going through the same things that you are. And like even being teased about clothing, you know, I was always heavier set growing up. It's just the way my body is. I developed a lot faster than other people. You know, I was the tallest girl in class from third grade to seventh grade. Like that's just the way now I'm five, four and never grew again. Like I was five, four then. And that's what I stayed. I never grew again. (laughs) Not fair. (laughs) But then I just developed really quickly. So I couldn't wear juniors clothing. I couldn't wear kids clothing Mm -hmm. after a certain point because I didn't fit in anymore. I had to go into the missus section. And back then the clothes in missus and, and women's section were not nice. (laughs) Was really missus, right? (laughs) Yeah. It it was not nice. So I got teased a lot for the things that I wore. So I totally relate to what you said about that, you know, and there were certain pieces that I saw my grandmother or my mom wearing, and I thought it was the coolest thing because they fit me too. And I got to wear them. And I just thought that was the coolest thing. The kids in school didn't think I was the coolest thing, but that's okay. Now as an adult, I can appreciate those phases that I went through. So clothes is not just um, a material thing, right? Clothing is not just, or accessories are not just material things. They mean something. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Whether it be the history behind it, there's a backstory because maybe it's something that you saw in your family or it's or it's, it has some other artistic meaning to you or whatever it is. But like or there's so much like more. a feeling, like you said, Danielle, right. a feeling, right? Makes you mm-hmm. feel empowered, makes you feel sexy, makes you feel beautiful, makes you feel whatever it is, right? So clothing can do so much more. And, um, you know, 
I appreciate you ladies, you know, kind of sharing those kind of stories because it's true, you know, we all have our history with clothing, right? Whether it's good or it's bad or, and so it's, um, it's really amazing to see, you know, what like invokes within us, right? When it comes to, to talking about clothing, it's not just like, this is just the shirt that I bought, right? It's like, it has a meaning, it has a special purpose. So it is nice once you can like see all past that, right? And it's not mm-hmm. just about the fast fashion or anything else like that. It's about like the history of this piece and what it means to you, right? Mm-hmm. Which then is all the Instagram pages that you have come up with and your brand that you have basically designed yes. is to highlight all of these these individuals that you run into that inspire you, right? You see them and you're like, okay, that inspires me and I, I need to approach them and just understand why they're wearing what they're wearing and what it is and what kind of brought that about and then share it with the world. And then in turn, you and your photos are inspiring others to then feel a little more confident and be like, wow, look at what that person wore. And this is the backstory behind it. And this is how they acquired those pieces. They were all thrifted, you know, and and just like it, it starts a movement. You know, I think that's safe to say that it starts a movement of just building the confidence that I think we lack in today's world when it comes to social media and what we see on media in general. It's just the, it's the same images all the time and you're bringing in different images and that is empowering. Yeah. Well, thank you. And uh, interesting thing is that especially uh, in the early years of uh, my photography, so that would be like 2005 to 2010, uh, I had so many followers in the small towns of America I think uh, you guys could relate to all of them, uh, like how they didn't know, like how to shop, how to wear, where to get the items uh, that they really wanted to wear. There was no one else who would dress up differently. And that's why they like greatly enjoyed these weird photos coming online. I would post (laughs) every Sunday, only Sundays, Sunday evening, Helsinki time. And then there were like thousands Maybe tens of thousands of little Americans waiting for my photos to oh, come yeah. online. I love that. Because <laughs> yeah, they're probably like, no one dresses like me, or I want to wear this, or I want to yeah. wear that. I like I said, I grew up in a small town and I definitely felt felt that way. You know, everybody kind of dressed the same, everybody looked the same. And um, like I couldn't afford, my parents couldn't afford the clothing at all. It was just so incredibly expensive. So it was like I, I remember going to the thrift stores and trying to find things that I'm like, maybe I can piece things together and make it look, you know, like what everybody else is wearing, but maybe a little bit different. Or, I mean, I think sometimes of the things that I used to wear and I used to, I remember I bought like grandma polyester pants, like, you know, the like elastic pants, but they yeah. like look like seventies and I would wear them because they were like seventies, like bell bottoms to school. I remember, and I, I was made fun of, but I didn't care. I was like, oh, whatever. I'm like, I get, I'm like, I'm wearing what I want to wear. And it never, never bothered me, honestly, because, it, but I was sweating like crazy because it was all <laughs> in the middle of the summer, you know, just silly, stupid things like that. But it's like, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's the fun part, right? Of fashion. So out of, out of curiosity, we know how that you have this like passion. So what kind of got you into this world of, of fashion? Like initially, yeah. since I was, well, that's a good question because, uh, well, it was my uh, mother and also grandmother who have taught me to make clothes and sew and knit and crochet and everything, do embroidery. <laughs> I loved all kinds Very of Very small town. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I loved like handicrafts, all kinds of things when I was little. 
So that's where that part comes from. But then uh, we were not like Vogue creators, totally not. I never, I was not one of those kids and I never like inherited any like high fashion items from anyone in my family. I did uh, inherit my grandmother's old clothes, but they were like just regular vintage pieces, nothing like super fancy or expensive. So I, I don't know where mm-hmm. that comes from. I just always been like with me. Yeah, that's nice. Oh, that's great. Artistic. You're just artistic. And I yeah. think that plays a big part in it where fashion speaks to you in a different way than someone else who may not have that creative ability the same way that you do. I want to ask one question before we move on. Now you have a San Francisco base, right? Where you do your photography and you have your New York City base. If you were to compare East Coast and West Coast, because now Jen and I, Jen oh, yeah. used to be East Coast but now she's west coast and we want to do some episodes of east coast versus west coast so you can be our first one to talk about the differences between (laughs) east coast fashion and west coast fashion so what would you say are like the three biggest differences between east coast and west coast Mm -hmm. three biggest differences Um, yeah or maybe similarities maybe the things that are more similar than we know well when we moved to san francisco some of my friends were like lisa you're not going to find anyone to photograph there. San Francisco, it's just like sweatshirts, hoodies, you know, flip-flops, that kind of thing. <laughs> but for I didn't believe them because I, I know that there is, you know, wherever you go, you can find like great styles. You just need to like go to right uh, events or right spots in the city, in the right neighborhoods. And I was like, I'm going to try. I'm going to try taking photos in San Francisco as well. And I think I succeeded in finding like pretty nice looks. But what are the differences? Um, I feel like if we think about like vintage, then, and people who like to wear like true vintage items, then I would say San Francisco uh, is more about creating like um, very like, um, orthodox look like if you are in the 60s people tend to wear like a lot of 60s items inside the same outfit or 70s or 50s whereas new york it's more like new york in every sense it's a melting pot so inside Mm -hmm. one outfit uh you can very rarely see like uh like head to toe 60s look it's more like a mix of different decades maybe a mix of vintage and new and so on. So that would be the first difference. <laughs> good one. That's a really, really good one. It's I, true. I 100% agree with that. Because yeah, in the West Coast, it's all about the aesthetic, right? And building the look from head to toe. Right? Yeah, it's yeah. more about creating your unique personal style. Mm-hmm. That's so important in New York. And New York is more like uh, the constant like a uh, uh, dramatic theater or runway like everybody yeah. thinks that they are on a scene which they are because the street is our runway right yeah and so maybe that's the second difference so the way people think about themselves when they dress up in New York mm-hmm. they are kind of like saying that I'm dressing for myself but honestly I feel like most New Yorkers if they are into you know creating outfits and dressing and fashion they really think about others too when they dress up. So you want to make like an impression in the street. A statement. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. So that's the second difference. And third difference. Making you think, Lisa. (laughs) These are not easy ones, but I love these questions. Okay. (laughs) 
Yeah, now I, now I know. The third one would be, uh, of course, like New York has more international global influences because you yeah. can meet people from like every corner of the world in New York and that shows in the street scenes yeah. and street styles, not so much uh, in San Francisco. Yeah, that's yeah. a good point. The cultural differences too that exist and socioeconomic differences that exist in, in New York. It's very diverse in every which way. And that definitely, I mean, I just think about, I mean, the last time I was in New York City was two years ago, which is crazy because I'm someone that goes to New York like three or four times a year, but with everything that's been going on in the world the last two years, I haven't been able right. to go. Um, but that's probably my number one favorite thing that I like to do when I'm in New York City, not only walk the streets and like, you know, go into all the different stores, stores that just don't exist here where, you know, in in um, in Rhode Island, but um, just looking at the people that actually live in the city, like you can tell who actually lives in New York City and who's a tourist. Like it's it's very you can just see it. Like it's it's. Obvious. I always just look at the shoes. I always look at the yeah. shoes. People are wearing very comfortable shoes, and I'm like, oh, those are tourists, you know? The- yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's true. And then the people that work in the city and the people that reside in the city, because they might not live in New York City, they might live in neighboring cities and towns, but they work in the city. I mean, it is just clear as day and just watching them and the confidence that they exude when they're walking down the street and what they're wearing and kind of like, look at me in this piece that I've put together, you know, and then they love the compliments. I have to say like certain places that you go, people aren't always the easiest to approach, right? But in New York City, you want to approach someone about the outfit that they have on and you want to ask questions about what they're wearing, they're going to answer you because it's, it is a fashion show. Just like you said, that is their runway. It's just a totally different culture out there. And you know what I love the most about New York city is just how bright and bold it is. It is not traditional in any sense. Mm -hmm. It is bold. It is bright. It is just, if you appreciate the arts in general, you will appreciate what you're seeing when you're walking in New York City. And you'll appreciate the photos that Lisa's putting up on her page as well, because like we said before, you know, the stories and everything are, are nice. But if you're trying to get inspiration, let's say you want to go in the thrift store and you have this vision of what it is that you want to find and or the, or the look you want to create, but you don't really know how to piece it together. Mm-hmm. That's where Lisa's page comes in. Yes. <laughs> because you can exactly, go there exactly. and you can literally. Handy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Jem. So now you can use both platforms. Not only are you going to look at the photos that Lisa has posted and get inspiration. Then go from on that. to Jem. And then, then go you're going to go on Jem <laughs> and you're going to research it. So let's talk about gems. I think this is the perfect segue for that. How, why, first of all, what made you want to create this platform? And then where did Jem come from? The name Jem. Okay, so of course there wasn't anything like Gem. <laughs> That's why I wanted to Correct. have an app or service like this. Uh, and especially like when we moved to San Francisco, I suddenly discovered like so many stores, brick and mortar online, also new selling platforms and apps. But it really didn't make like shopping vintage any easier. Quite the right. opposite. For example, like if I wanted to find a specific item, I didn't even know like where to start looking, like which app, which platform, which side, mm-hmm. which online store should I visit first? It was like impossible. And then, you know, I would soon like give up, you know, mm-hmm. the hunt. And then I was thinking there must be a better way of connecting people who are actively seeking items and all those stores and sellers who are online with those items. And how can I better connect those two? 
And then I came up with the idea of like building a search engine where you can type in what you're looking for, whether it's a, a color or a decade or a, a specific type of garment, like bell-bottom pants, or it can be a designer or a brand. And then the search engine would show you matching listings from different websites and platforms. It's so genius. So simple. And I love I it's love simple, too. but it's, it's needed. So simple. It's needed. And what I love though too is that like it's not just like you said finding it on eBay or finding it here. It's searching everything, right? So it's like searching smaller smaller websites, you know, other independent sellers or whatever it is. That's what's exciting too about that. I, I love that aspect yeah. of it because you're yeah. really trying to find it within this whole big range, not just like a small section, right? Yeah. On the internet or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yes. So yeah, we are showing listings from most big uh, marketplaces and platforms. There are some that are missing and I can tell you one because I think your listeners might be very active on this one. <laughs> you can maybe help us. And, and besides those big marketplaces and platforms like eBay and Etsy, we have over 800 independent online stores. And we are adding more like every week. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they are not only from the US, we also have online stores from other countries. That's so cool. That, that's great. Mm-hmm. That's great because I know personally of people who travel to find vintage pieces. Like they don't just stay in the U S they'll go, they'll travel the world to find vintage pieces and then bring it back to wherever their home base is. And I think that there is so much vintage outside of these walls that we currently live in. And I think that's great that you're opening it up to the international world. I will say as a reseller now to use your app gives your search engine, I should say gives a reseller perspective as to what's out there and what items are actually valued at, because you can search, do a Google search of a specific brand or vintage piece, whatever right, it is. Right. right? Mm-hmm. It is so overwhelming because first of all, sometimes it won't come up. Second of all, there's just, you don't know which platform to go to. So what you've done for the reselling world is now bring it all together. And a reseller can easily go in and say, okay, I have this vintage coach bag. And I think this is, this, this appears to be what the, what the um, style name is. And I kind of want to see what else is out there and what people are selling it at, or Mm -hmm. what platforms are people actually selling this at? Are are people selling it on Etsy? Is there a higher demand for it on Depop? Like where, where is it, right? Where, where am I seeing it kind of thing? And that's what your platform does for people. And I think that's great because it can get extremely overwhelming when you're working in the vintage world. Mm-hmm. Modern fashion's hard enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but when you're trying to learn vintage, there's so many facets to it. There's just I for me personally who I dabble in vintage here and there. Like I do more vintage handbags and shoes more so than clothing because I just, I struggle with it. It's not something that comes natural yeah. to me. I unless can buy it's like for myself. Piece, unless it's like a piece that really speaks to me, you know, that I'm like, oh, I have to sell this, you know? Mm-hmm. I think that it is, there is a little bit of like, I'm a little uncomfortable going into this because I don't know much about the piece. And I think that we all agree when it comes to vintage, understanding the history is just as important, right? When you're trying to sell it, as opposed to saying really cool vintage jacket. Okay, that's great. There's a million cool vintage jackets out there. I need to know the story. Where does it come from? Where is it made? You know, like what's the era? Like, you know, all those kind of key terms. And that's where like gem is something that could be a real gem for the reselling <laughs> community. 
Yes, absolutely. Yes, to help people also list and identify pieces Mm. correctly, right? And also to make sure that you're pricing your items accordingly too Mm. and correctly, right? So that your your comps in line are in line with what else is out Mm. there. Absolutely. Now as a buyer... I love it. (laughs) As a buyer, I love it. I just need to go reselling for a second. (laughs) I just need to get out somewhere. I need to go somewhere. And then I'll be like, get me a Halston jumpsuit from the seventies or I don't know, something cool. Right. So as a, as a buyer, I'm like, oh, well, this just opened up a whole new world for me because I don't have to try to find a vintage, like to find vintage on Poshmark. Let's just throw Poshmark out there. It's really difficult because it, the market base and the way it's just not set up that way. Like you can sell vintage on there. It's totally possible. People do it all the time, but mm-hmm. there are other platforms like Etsy. Like I definitely go on Etsy to try to find um, vintage pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't ventured into Depop because I feel like I'm too old for Depop, but apparently that's a cool place to go for, um, for vintage items. But what, when I started, I was searching for um, a vintage, a specific vintage Chanel handbag. And I went to Gem. And the amount of listings that came up that I never knew even existed blew my mind, blew my mind. Cause I've been searching for this very, like I, one day when I'm rich and famous, I want to have a collection of, um, certain handbags and there, and there's very specific ones that, that I'm looking for from certain eras and your platform allowed me to go down a rabbit hole <laughs> of searching for all these different handbags that one day I would love to have and, and have a collection of and, and almost like a little museum in my own little home, right? Like mm. things that I'll never use, but that, cause that's what fashion is to me. I like the history of it. And I like to just engross myself in all of that. And there's just certain pieces from certain eras that I would love, love to come across. Mm. Um, and that's kind of what your platform's all about. Yes, it is. And you mentioned uh, Google. So one thing that maybe, you know, most people don't think about, like the way Google works is it's mysterious. And, Mm. you know, Google doesn't index all the websites. No, they they don't. They might index one website now, but then they might change it later. Mm -hmm. But we do index every single online vintage store that we are able to find. Or if a store owner approaches us, of course. That's amazing, Lisa. (laughs) I mean, I'm not saying that we are doing it yet. I mean, we want to be a search engine for all online vintage. And I know like there is like a new vintage online store probably born every single second. (laughs) There are so many. Every second of the day. (laughs) But uh, you can definitely find more uh, individual, especially individual online stores using Gem than using Google. Definitely. I think it's a tool that all resellers should definitely keep in the back of their pocket, you know, especially if you want to venture more and more into, into vintage, it's such a great tool to even just, just to learn, you know, just start like typing in cool things that you want to look at. Like you said, like seventies leather pants, whatever, like, you know what I mean? Whatever you want to put in there and just start looking at all this stuff. And so I think that something that I think I'll definitely do is when I go to the thrift stores and I find some cool pieces, you know, I'll probably just pop up the app and then just like Google something and look at it and then see, maybe this is something worth it for me to pick up. Is it, is it not? It's just another way for you to open up, right? Your business to, to maybe some more vintage pieces. That's a good point. 
download the app, guys. Download the Gem app. Download the Gem app, people. Let's get some more vintage sellers out there. (laughs) I know. I have a question, Lisa, in terms of, so obviously you get analytics of what people are searching for on the Gem app. What's something that you find people are always looking for? Or or is there like a category that people seem to be searching for? Oh, first, like there are like, so many searches done on Gem and it's I can only a, imagine <laughs> the variety is insane like we are all different I guess and we are all kind of like looking for different things but of course there are some like classic uh, vintage items that people are always looking uh, this category might bore some people but it's like, oh this is I, not gonna bore us I'm like ready okay. to hear what you're gonna yeah. say <laughs> Okay, here it comes. This is the right audience, Lisa. You're not boring anybody (laughs) with any details. Everybody's probably like with a pen and a pad. I'm ready to write it down. (laughs) Okay, here it comes. Pant t-shirts. Pant t-shirts? Pant rock pant t-shirts. T-shirts. (laughs) T-shirts. People are always looking for t-shirts. Rock band t-shirts. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. That makes sense. So that's something then, of course, like, classic denim Levi's yeah you know Levi's yeah not mm-hmm. a big surprise there um then um... at Evernorth Health Services we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best it's possible pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line it's possible complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible because we're already doing it all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Mm, some items that we've been trending, we've seen trending is like 30s, 40s dresses and gowns. They are huge. Oh, that was a- that's oh, interesting. Listen, <laughs> that's an era that I love. That fashion yeah. speaks to me. So that makes me happy that people are searching for 20s, 30s, and 40s. I should have been born during that time frame because that that is, to me, that is fashion. Mm-hmm. It, I have right. always felt that way. That is like the epitome of fashion. That is when people dressed up every single day. That's when these certain dresses started to be, you know, there were some risque ones that started coming out during that time. You know, like there was oh, yeah. just this big movement and then you transition into the 50s, which was very like modest. And mm-hmm. but people were people were testing the waters in the 20s and the 30s. So yeah. that's interesting. Mm-hmm. That's trendy. Yes, those ones definitely. But then, you know, like I mentioned, uh, the amount of searches is huge, and everybody is like searching, like you like whatever. I mean, it's yeah. hard, it's really hard to point like huge trends. That gotcha. would be like peaking at one point. We would need to analyze like so much data. Maybe at oh, some yeah. point when you know we can start doing that in more detail. But right now, I I don't have any other. One thing at a time. One thing at a time. Yes. You know, yeah. but that is something I guess to consider in the future because people, especially in the reselling community, Lisa, are always looking for trend reports. Mm-hmm. People are always looking for that um, it, because in our space as resellers, you need to know what people are looking for. What is it that people really want right now? And a lot of times you go to social media and you kind of look through and see, okay, this, this real people seem to be wearing this and okay. You know, this brand is showcasing a lot of this. 
And I think brands within brands, they'll do a trend report, but like, I don't see that in the vintage community. Mm-hmm. But you know, I, maybe vintage world doesn't work the same way. Like, I don't think so. Yeah. I feel like uh, there are like those classic items and brands that people are searching and looking for and wearing and buying constantly. Like Guni socks, Levi's mm-hmm. jeans, oh, yeah. yep. Wrangler jeans, or like classic denim items and the pant t-shirt <laughs> they are like evergreens and they they always sell but then I guess in the vintage world uh, it's more about unique personal style so this that's why true. people are searching for like items that they personally love and it doesn't necessarily become a huge trend because the amount of people are still like you know it's a small group of people who are into this specific item right. or trend or even a brand so that's why yeah. those trends inside the vintage world are kind of like harder to spot it's it's less about trends than like the the yeah. actual fashion world is it's oh, true you know if you were to pick for your own personal style do you have specific vintage designers or vintage pieces that you're always trying to acquire to your collection uh, well I wish I I would have a collection but like at this very moment, I'm in Los Angeles. I came here with one suitcase and I'm here for three months. Then I'm going back to New York. So I can't really collect anything, <laughs> <laughs> you know, traveling. <laughs> but anyways, uh, I love a good two-piece anything. I love, I love good piece denim, like two-piece denim sets and skirt suits and anything two-piece. Huh. Yeah. That's my yeah. excuse to buy. And <laughs> matching, matching sets right matching mm-hmm. sets yeah that's what I love and then I yeah. love well let's let's uh, stop there <laughs> I cannot <laughs> I cannot list anything more because then it would be a too long list no 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 not yeah. at all is there a vintage brand that you find you gravitate towards more so than others it's always changing well of course like whenever I spot vintage Marimekker I recognize it from very far because coming from Finland, it's part of my genes, I guess. It's in my yeah. blood. Yeah. So those definitely, but I don't necessarily buy them all, but I'm just curious to see the item and to see if I've seen it before. Uh, I love older bleeds, bleeds items, but I promised myself that I won't buy any more of those because I already have a couple. <laughs> <laughs> That's always hard, right? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I think for me, and because I love to research the history of fashion and designers in general, lately, and this is just, maybe it's just like nostalgia for me, but lately I have been really drawn to vintage Liz Claiborne pieces, but like, I'm talking like 70s, 80s Liz Claiborne. Mm -hmm. There's just something about them. And maybe it's because I saw my grandmother wearing them or something, Mm -hmm. you know, like it it, it sparked something in me, but the, the construction of those pieces from that, those eras are just... I mean, they're beautiful. And maybe I appreciate it more as an adult than I would have when I was younger. But Liz, vintage Liz, Liz Claiborne, and I've been picking it up lately and selling it. And it actually sells for a decent amount of money. People are looking for it. Um, even the vintage Liz Claiborne handbags. There's just something about the construction. There's just something about them that speaks to me. You know, I've seen like vintage Halston pieces and and all of that. But there's just something about Liz Claiborne that I just, I'm, a, I'm drawn to it. Yeah, I've noticed that because I was recently, somebody was mentioning Liz Claiborne, I think on Instagram that they've been like 
hunting for a piece. And then I got curious whenever I see a comment like this, of course, I go on Gem and then I check that if I'm able to yeah, find yeah, of course. the thing that they are looking for. And then I also, I, you know, was searching for this Glaber and really like spent a lot of time on Gem looking at those items. And I, I feel like they are just so approachable and easy to wear. Yeah. And they yeah, suit yes. like many kinds of maybe body types or personalities. So mm-hmm. and I love that. Yeah, it's approachable because mm-hmm. it feels like right now with fashion, with so many of us staying home or maybe not going out so much, but still not wanting to compromise our sense of style, you know, still like being able to find those more wearable pieces, right? That you can still incorporate in your in your day-to-day so that you can still feel like yourself, right? And still dress up like yourself. But you're not necessarily, you know, like looking for a, like a, a ball gown or, you know what I mean? Or something that you're just not in the market for right mm-hmm. now. So. And, and there's also something that I feel we quite often want to gravitate towards things that uh, remind us about something. Like you mentioned uh-huh. that you remember your, you know. My grandmother was Claiborne. That's yes. all she wore. <laughs> and that's why I'm gravitated towards Mary McCurl. So that's how it goes. You know, we very seldom go towards things that are like absolutely like new yeah. to. There is always, at least it's color or there is something, you know, that reminds us of, of something. Our childhood, mother, some yeah, memories. Yeah, true. That is very, very true. And sometimes I, fi- I, I find myself when I see pictures of like my mom, you know, back in like the 80s or in the 70s or my aunts and I see what they're wearing and I'm just like, oh my gosh, do you still have that? <laughs> I like, want to wear it now. <laughs> I'm like, I want that now. I want to wear that now. That looks so cool. Look at that. It's like, like that fringe leather jacket. I'm like, that's so cool. <laughs> or whatever. Like I, my aunt, she had a, like a whole, um, like a jumpsuit that she wore that was like from the 80s. And then she had like the big ruffles you know that like we're all like out there and I'm like oh I was like do you still have that she's like no <laughs> I'm like oh my gosh Cause, but yeah it's it is you're right you gravitate towards that mm. or family right so no that's so exciting um so all this talk about reselling right that we are talking about have you ever gotten into reselling or selling any of vintage or anything like that no never and I never even dreamed about it I've never I I don't want to have my own store. <laughs> Never, <laughs> for some reason, that just doesn't like uh, feel my like my thing. But you know, I think all my life I've been like just spotting crazy good stuff, like amazing items at thrift stores and vintage stores, and thinking that oh, I can't buy this, but maybe this could you know fit one of my friends, or there must be someone who would you know give okay. this piece a good new home. But I. So I'm, that's what I want to do. And I hope that Jem will help, you know, with this process a little bit, yeah. connecting those vintage items and saving them and giving them a like, new home. Giving somewhere. them another life. Yes, yeah. exactly. And loving home and good mm-hmm. care. Oh, Absolutely. I, I think it's funny because you either love to resell clothing or you're like, I want nothing to do with it. I just like the thrill of the hunt. <laughs> There's like no in between when it comes to it. And you know, you know what you like to do and you like to photograph it. You like to find it. You like to wear it and you like to showcase it for other people. And I think that's great because you're in turn helping others, whether it's you're helping a reseller, you're helping mm-hmm. someone who wants to create a curated closet for themselves or wants to create a certain aesthetic for themselves. Right. They have somewhere to turn mm-hmm. to try to find all that. And I just think I just but think it's know, great. Thanks. But it's also 
little bit selfish because you know the more people wear especially if they're in New York the more they wear like vintage and secondhand and create like unique outfits the more things I have to photograph in the streets <laughs> the more content you <laughs> <Yeah>. have exactly <laughs> oh, that's, that's not selfish it's funny. smart <laughs> yeah. no, you got a business it. to run <laughs> but it's you know what and I think I don't think vintage and this this love of vintage is going to go anywhere. I think mm-hmm. the generation that's up and coming is just so involved in it and they just have such an appreciation for it. It's yeah. just going to keep growing. You know, it kind of started in, in my generation and Jen's generation. We're like kind of dabble in it, but the generations so, after us are just, they're thriving in it and they get level. it. And they get it and yeah. they put it together so well. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, we stare at it like, I don't know. Does this go together? I don't, I don't, I don't really know. <laughs> I try. <laughs> I try. Real. The things I get are handbags and shoes. You want to give me different types of handbags and shoes? I can make a great outfit with it. But clothes, I'm a simple girl. <laughs> uh, well, Lisa, so now that you're in L.A. right now, right? So you're in L.A. So in L.A., what are you seeing on the streets? when it comes to like fashion or trends or are you seeing a lot of vintage out in LA like people wearing a lot of it I am because I go to all the vintage places and oh, I like to go. visit like smart girl smart girl <laughs> but what ooh, am I ooh, before seeing? you go I have I have to mention one thing you said vintage there's this woman I watch on YouTube and so does Jen. Her name is Doris. What's the name of her store, Jen? Can you think? Oh, you yeah, yeah. The Way We Wore is her YouTube way channel. We oh, yes, yes. Doris have you, been, have you I, met her? Have you been to her store? Yes, I met her two years ago and I've been to her store. <laughs> yeah. oh, her yeah, store she's so jealous. <laughs> yeah, she's I'm amazing. So <laughs> she, her store is it's like a museum. It's yeah. so full of like amazing pieces. It's, it's like full of fashion history. Oh, um, I had to ask. You said you went to vintage places. I'm like, you must have met Doris. Way we wore. Yes. Oh, she's one of my favorites. Yeah, you're right. What she has is it's a museum collection. You can actually, yeah, you can find her interview on our blog. We have a blog called Gem Stories on on the Gem website. So if you scroll back uh, two years, you will find it. (laughs) I'm gonna do that. Anyway, oh, you, I interrupted you, but it just like, I couldn't help it. It just came to my head and I was going to forget it. <laughs> um, we were talking about the vintage fashion that you're seeing because you're going to the vintage areas in LA. Oh, yes. Uh, well, if we compare again, I guess that's how I guess it's easier to describe. Like yeah. if I compare Los Angeles to New York, well, there's definitely a lot of vintage here, but it's kind of more casual. Surprise, mm-hmm. not, not so surprisingly. But really well-planned, super beautiful, nice vintage outfits. Uh, I can see a lot of workwear, old denim, t-shirts, but not like, not any kind of t-shirts, but beautiful, like faded t-shirts in beautiful colors. And uh, that more like Americana workwear Mm. style. That's more like California. Yeah, more relaxed. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> we're very relaxed here. <laughs> Apparently, not on the East Coast. <laughs> we want to show up for everyone. <laughs> but also a lot of Y2K fashion, especially uh, if you go to Melrose Trading Post. I just cannot believe it. It cracks me up because I'm like, yeah. <laughs> when I see that, I'm like, I asked my mom and I'm like, is this how you felt when like I would like 
say, look how cool this fashion thing is. And you'd be like, yeah, I know. I wore that in the 70s or I wore that. I'm like, is that how you felt? Because I feel like when I see these Y2K, like, right, all this popular trend stuff, I'm just like, I used to wear that. I had that. I own that. Like, oh my gosh. Like, it just cracks me up. I'm if like, I had that, only kept it. If I had only kept it. Or, oh my gosh, please don't tell me that's coming back. <laughs> and, but you know, that's basically the only time period of clothes that I have donated because I was at some point <laughs> I was too. like I'm not <laughs> going too. to go back to this no more low-rise jeans oh, or never doing this never. again and now I'm like why didn't I keep my mid-60 jeans they were so cool <laughs> I know my velour jumpsuits you know why didn't or... I keep my juicy couture why didn't I keep it yes tell why us why okay because yeah, I, I, I thought I, the trend was over <laughs> But nothing is never over. I know. I I would say my advice is don't let anything go at all. Like, honestly, (laughs) everything comes back. Maybe let go of the pieces that you didn't wear too much. But if you have some pieces that you really enjoyed wearing and you maybe wore them to special occasions or maybe you saved money to buy them, keep them. Keep them for yourself or keep them for your, like, for for the next generation. Mm-hmm. it's a good point it's a really good point you are you are very right I love that yeah keeping those special pieces right maybe not the every day mm-hmm. or something but keeping that so now we know we've made the mistake <laughs> we donated donating all, all the y2k all the y2k <laughs> stuff which we could have made a fortune off of or you know like you said give it to other people but no thank you so much Lisa this has been so much fun I feel like we could talk for we could talk to you for hours <laughs> for hours and hours but we really appreciate you coming on and chatting with us you know sharing your passion and and we're just so excited about gem and you know introducing this I think to more resellers as well that this really can be a great tool for you uh you know download the app give it a shot go to the thrift store find some cool pieces you know like see if it's something worth picking up or not and you know like happy hunting to everyone okay can I add one more thing? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I, I already pointed towards it. So, because um, I think many of your listeners might be selling on Poshmark. Yes. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And we would love to start showing Poshmark listings as, you know, whenever we get a chance. We, but we haven't managed to find the right person inside the company. So maybe you can help, you know, by checking out the Gem app talking about Jim and if you happen to know someone who works inside Poshmark mentioning Jim that might help we'll us. see what we can do for let's you let's see yes. what we can do thank right. you okay <laughs> we'll see what we can do I did notice that Poshmark was up, wasn't hmm. on there but yeah it's that's okay our, we'll see well calling our listeners guys you guys heard it here if anybody yeah. knows or anything give it a shot and let's see if we can get some Poshmark listings up on gem. That would yeah. be great. Let's start talking about gem in the community and help Lisa and her, you know, out to grow the app and get more platforms on there, right. Get more stores on there and help that, that place to grow. Cause I think gem is going to be in the reseller toolkit arsenal for a lot of people. So Let's do that for our friend here. And Lisa, mm-hmm. thank you so much again for coming on and reaching out to us and giving our, our little podcast the time of day. We really, really appreciate it. Yeah. really do. Well, I really, really enjoyed it. It was so much fun chatting with you. And 
I hope that we can redo this one day. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, you can come on whenever you want. Whenever whenever we, you should want. Do, we should do a vintage episode where we put we get a bunch of vintage pe- people that Ooh, love the vintage, vintage community panel. on and do like love a vintage it. panel. I think that would be amazing to get oh. different perspectives across the board of because people are in the vintage world in different capacities. So you're in it in the photography and now in the gem app world of it with search engine. But there are people that have created vintage apps to sell on. And I think just getting everyone together would be, would be amazing. Absolutely. Count me in. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Love it. Okay. So thank you everyone for listening to today's episode. Uh, I hope, I hope you enjoyed it. We learned a lot. It was a we lot of fun. It. Yeah. I'm ready. I'm ready. It was great. Go shopping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready to go, go hunting. <laughs> All right, everyone. We will talk to you again next week. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye.